0: Right, my dad is going to come and speak to us. Just let me pray for him before he does. Father, we thank you once again, and we pray that you would open your word to us and open our hearts to it. Lord, I pray that what my dad is prepared is what you would say to us and that you bless us and encourage us this morning in your name Jesus. Amen.: Well, good morning, and uh, it's really great to see you all, and um, I just like to say uh, thanks to Benga for doing the actions to the back there and for Ben. Well, yeah. This guitarist who I look up to. More ways than one. And this is Pat's family. Well, look, let, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna ask them to just stand up and shout out my name, okay? We know Pat, and... Jen, I'm Jennifer. This is Jennifer, who is? Who is Pat's granddaughter. It's Jill. Yeah. Who's Pat's daughter-in-law uh will uh, at great grandson. Oh, that's right. We yes, uh, Dan the same as well. <laughs> grandson in law pet. Well there you go, that's great. And uh, we go back a long way, particularly <laughs> through here. but okay. um, no, that's great. Let's just pray. Father we do thank again you again that we can come and gather around your word in this way. We just pray that you will speak to us through as we come in your name. Quarter past eleven on the 2nd of June 1953, the coronation of Elizabeth II began. And during that three hour service, she ascended the throne to begin her reign as Queen of the United Kingdom, of Great Britain, and of Northern Ireland. I watched it on television. A 19 inch black and white television. We lived in a little sort of bungalow and the whole estate were in there, windows were open, people were outside, the only thing I enjoyed was the food uh, we did a bus, a double decker bus round the city, all the kids on the top there, to see the street parties that were going on, that was great wasn't it, that was quite a while ago. Let me just put this back on again. Modern technology. Not like we had at the Buckingham Palace last night. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, over 2,000 years ago, the king of kings left his throne, his throne of glory, to fulfill his work of salvation. We read from Isaiah. When Isaiah looked there, it was a prophecy it would happen. Now that we look back we know that it has happened. So when we come to that passage, yes, we read it the way Isaiah wrote it, but we see it in a different light. Because we know that he was oppressed and afflicted. We know that he didn't open his mouth. We know that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And just like a sheep, he stood before those who were accusing him. And he said not a word. He was a sign, a grave of the wicked. We know that. He hung on a cross Two criminals. And the rich in his death, he was put in a tomb that was was never ever used before and belonged to a rich man. Well he'd done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth. You see, his arrival was heralded by the, the host of heaven. He right celebrated that Christmas, don't he? He sing the carols. We read about it, but by the world's standards, it was a humble affair. And by the world's standards, sadly as the Philippians two verse eight. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. This was the Fulfillment of the promise that God made to a, a falling, fallen world. A world that would reject him. He knew that. But still he came. Why? Because he loved the world. Not the ways of the world. But he loves the people of the world. That's you and I. Everybody. John, in his Gospel, tells us that this work of salvation started a long time before that first Christmas. John takes us back to before the days of creation. People say, John doesn't give us the Christmas story. John does give us the Christmas story. He gives us more of the Christmas story than the other apostles do. We need to know all of this. That's why we have different accounts. So that we can understand the full picture and we need to put these things together to help us see what really happened in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and he was with god in the beginning Who's he speaking about But he goes on through him all things were made without him was nothing made that has been made john is speaking here about jesus and John goes on. And he says this about him. In him was light. And that life was the light of all my time. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John is still speaking about Jesus. The true light that came into the world as a being born in Bethlehem. But he was there at the beginning and before creation. You know, after his birth, some 30 years later, the night before Jesus was betrayed, he, he prayed to his Father. I want you to think again about these words that he prayed. Isn't it important John 17, verse 4 and 5. He said this. I have brought you glory on earth. My finished work the work you have given me to do now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. In those few words, we have two, two very important events we need to think about. By finishing the work that you gave me to do, Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. Two things to consider with One, he left his throne in order to do what needs to be done. You can all see the relevance of this, this would be the jubilee celebrations that we've been having. He left his throne. In order to do the work that had to be done. And when the work was done, he would return to his throne. The death and resurrection of Jesus was the completion of his work of salvation so that he could say with confidence those words as he hung on the cross, it is finished. John tells us in 19 verse 13, he says this, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, bowed his head and gave the spirit. It's finished. At the end? No. Now the work of the risen Jesus would be to make, first of all, final preparation for those who were his disciples and for all those who would follow on. To take this good work to the rest of the world. The work of salvation was finished. Now the work of salvation was finished, the following work began. You know, Jesus hasn't just been sitting around waiting for us. He's not waiting for us to... To, to, to do things so that he can carry on. He hasn't stopped doing what he's doing, and he's still doing it now. This is what Jesus had said to his disciples before his crucifixion, as he prepared them for his ascension. With words of reassurance, he told them, you don't have to worry. Why would he tell them you don't have to worry? Because they were worried. I knew they were worried. I knew they continued to worry, he's saying, you're going to have a lot of worries, but you don't have the worries. That makes sense? I don't know. Maybe this a Bob of dinner song, but you get what I'm saying here. He said, my father's house has many rooms. And he goes on, he said, but that would not so. Would I've told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Then he went, tell me if I'd go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where. You know the way to the place where I am going. A well, while back we look at Thomas. Thomas is mentioned again here. When we looked at this passage, but just to mention that Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can you know the way? And then we get that wonderful reply. Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he says, if you really know me, there's a challenge, isn't it? If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him. And I seen him. These words to his disciples are words that are also here for us, everyone. We are those who we can't see the risen Jesus through but last as it were, But we can see him. We can see him through his word. We can see him through other people. The words of the gospel, John, who brings us first-hand reports of these things, brings them to us for a reason. Why did he put them in his gospel? He tells us why he wrote his gospel. If you read his epistles, he'll also tell you why he wrote his epistles. There's your homework want to have a look at that. But What about his gospel? John 20, verse 30, and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. In other words, he saw them on But not recorded in this group, that's his gospel. But these are written. You see, he put the important things in that we need to know. I didn't remember going through this. interview mean, think I lost my job because I spoke too much. I said too much about the job and how good it was and how we do it. Was and how good it was. That wasn't what they were after. You know, we do sometimes say too much. This to is what John said. Why did you not do John? That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's it. That's it. Did he need to say any more after all that he'd said? And all that he said was enough for us to be able to understand that bit there. It's because you, and me, might believe. Believe what? That Jesus is the Messiah. I think he is. Yeah, but he's the Son of God also. And that, by believing, you may have life in his name, that's it, isn't it? As well as Jesus making preparation for his disciples, he was making them for you and I, for those You know, 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus would leave his disciples and ascend to heaven. Why? To again take up his throne. Get a hold of that. Again to take up his throne. Where he, from his rightful place, his place of authority and power, would together with his believers on earth. Yeah. We're in this together, you know. With his believers on earth, initially his disciples, his 12 apostles, continue the work towards the fulfillment of the promise that God gave that Jesus will return in his glory. That's the ongoing way. On. That were involved in the work of the gospel, the work that the apostles were involved in. You understand from history, tradition is that every one of them gave their lives apart from John. John the Apostle, he had a special commission to write the book of Revelation so that we would understand and we need to read it it's written down in the Bible this is the ongoing work of the one plan that has been in place Acts 1 7 to 11 this is what Jesus said to his disciples and then when you hear them take them on board as being spoken To you and me. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. A cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going in when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand looking up at the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back the same way as you have seen in God. It's a full picture. Plan. And the plan has still come or still to come to full permission. Jesus was there in heaven when Adam sinned. You realize that? He didn't just really left me, heaven. He was there. He was there in creation. He was there when Adam sinned. Jesus left his throne to redeem guilty sins by making himself the perfect sacrifice. Sacrifice that would open heaven's door. And his work continues in the hearts of those who have accepted him as their Savior. In the meantime, keep your lives, this is Hebrews 13, verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said. Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. He's with us through time, and if you are his, into an eternity. <clears throat> and what's his work? He's our representative. In order to continue the work, he, he needed to return to his rightful place where. He would make further preparation for those who believe in him. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. More than a representative, he's a mediator. We can communicate through him. He's also our advocate and he will speak on our behalf. Our prayers through Jesus go right to the throne of God. The Apostle John, who was there when Jesus ascended into heaven, this is what he tells us. One John two verse one. My dear children, he's older now. He's older. My dear children. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not only for us, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, God loves the world. As I said, not the world's ways, but the people of the world, you and I. We read John's but... You know, we, we, this weekend, we've had a, a great privilege. We've had a privilege of being able to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Queen Elizabeth II. Great, hasn't it? I don't like the I know a lot of people have it's great that we do that because we do need to celebrate the Queen and for who she is as a person. The God knows how to you. you know, when her reign ends. The throne will be empty. And another will sit upon it, be it a king or a queen. And they too will come and go. realize this. He was never a prince. He was never a prince. He was always a king. Because that's who he is. King of kings. It's a thought, isn't it? His reign is for time and for eternity. One of his king of kings and Lord for Revelation 5, verse 13. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the land. Ever. Be praise and honor and glory and power. Forever and forever. Here's a question. You get the invitation to join the Green Book in the palace. Anybody here? No, none no, of no, you no, have. No. But if you hadn't got it, would you have it down? know I wouldn't. An invitation. an invitation that will last more than an hour with a person who has been one of the sovereigns who have been, and pointing to others who will be. What about an invitation to spend eternity with the King of Kings? The invitation to join Jesus in his kingdom. It's actually Given to those who accept his offer of salvation and who take up for themselves that glorious title of a sinner saved by grace. That's a glorious title. That's better than the title of a, a queen or a king of this earth. The invitation to join Jesus in his kingdom is given to those who accept that offer of salvation. Another question. Have you never taken up this offer of forgiveness? That's a question. If you haven't, then as a guilty sinner, you'll face him not as your saviour. But as your judge. I'm going to finish by reading Philippians 2, verse 5 to 11. The question is Is this the one who is Lord of your life? Or are you still faltering before making that decision of coming to Him as a guilty sinner? Putting your trust and faith in what he did when the King of Kings left his throne (coughs) and glory to become your Savior. And then went back on your behalf to be with you till you are with him for eternity. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 11. In your relationship with one another, I have. The same mindset as Christ Jesus. This is Paul speaking. Who, being in the very nature of God, who is, did not consider equality with God, he had that something to be used to his own advantage. (laughs) It's humility. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He did that way, and it was finished, and the doors of heaven were opened. Therefore, God. Exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, we do thank you for the the celebrations that we've been able to enjoy as we've celebrated the, the reign of. Queen Elizabeth. We thank you for her and we continue to pray for her and her family. Our Father, we thank you that this morning we've been able to come into the presence of the one who is the King of Kings and we just pray that for us here, he is also the Father, Lord of Lords. Our Father, just speak to our hearts by the power of your Spirit as we've gathered around your word this morning. We ask that as we continue, that you will give us joyous we continue to uh, enjoy fellowship together at this very important and weekend for us as an issue. Our well, Father, help us not to lose sight of the more important things when it comes to the things of God. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus.